¡Órale! ¡Sí, señor! Uh, bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP Podcast. I'm Jorge Georgi Martín and here are my primos, Hector Reyes, and uh, making his return engagement, primo numero uno, Nico Gutierrez. Welcome, boys. Yeah, yeah thank you, sir. Yeah. Good, good to be back. Yes, well, la- yes definitely. Last week, he was the designated, the DH, the designated Hector. This week, he's DR, designated Ricky. So, uh, Nico, Nico always willing to help out in a pinch. Yeah. Uh, gracias, everybody, for joining us. Estamos a sus órdenes. Uh, check out, make sure to check out our website, familiaffb.com, as well as our social media channels, Familia FF, at Familia FFB on Twitter and Instagram, and our fa- Familia FFB Facebook page. So, uh, guys, last uh, Friday, a little bit of a heavy day. My familia, uh, my immediate familia, is, is Pop's uh, fourth anniversary of his passing. And, uh, you know, just, you know, trying to do, think of happy thoughts, making, you know, remembering great memories of him because that's the way he would have been would have liked it and i got to thinking of diff, different things that he did that kind of either made me smile or made me kind of uh, you know sometimes scratch my head uh back when i had a little more hair but uh, <laughs> you know one thing was pop used to have a big jar of jalapenos that he'd have next every dinner he'd have it next to his plate ready you know take a bite of his food take a bite of his jalapeno sometimes the other way around and just had that and it was and i always thought man that's a little bit of overkill then i got older and i got to like and spice and uh you know occasionally i do do the chiles um but i don't always have the jar of jalapenos but i do love me some salsa love me some salsa spicier yep, the better yep, chips yep. and salsa almost every day it got me thinking you know guys what what are some of the things that we do you know that that we do that are kind of a little bit of old school old country that uh we've adopted here talking about chips and salsa nico you're you're you're, you're teed up man chips and salsa let us know man from the restaurant well, the good old days nico's, nico's mexican food had the best salsa of course he yes but, yes but it's funny thinking about the bowl that we put out i think we talked about it before like what they call it but my mom was she put in the onions sliced the onions in there and uh, i just remember seeing those and i love those and i tried to duplicate that I'm like how come it tastes like too much vinegar or this and that I can't do that. And they'd always have bananas and oranges in the in that little bowl right there where you can eat. They all look fresh. But when I put them in, they all get old and ugly. And like, I just don't <laughs> understand. Is there some mojo to it all? I, I, I don't have the fruit basket magic. You know? I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. And, and for me, I, and, I, and, I, and I look, and I know my mom has a name for it. The, you know, the, the jalapeno and the carrot and the onion and I know there's a, there's, a, there's a word my mom would always call, I don't know. I looked it up on Google. I found the, the word escabeche, to, that, that, that is the name of that, that concoction that we all enjoy and love. Uh, but I know my, my mom has a, you know, the, you know the, I'm sure there's a, you know, pegueros, old school term for what they call it. I always remember when I was little, my tia Minga, and, and I knew that eventually I would warm up to the idea of being able to eat spicy food, which I now love. And I love me some habanero salsa and serrano peppers, jalapenos, all that. I remember one time my tia Minga, she, we're at a, a, probably at a quinceanera or a wedding somewhere and she's getting the pickled jalapeno and she's just like, and I'm, she, I'm waiting for her to put it on her plate. And she just pops it in her mouth and just eats the whole thing. And then she's just like looking at me like, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm just like, what? Like, what just happened? I'm like, okay, if, if, this, is, if this is in my blood to be able to tolerate that, you know, I can't wait. And sure enough, I can I can do that now. I don't I know I don't know if that's a popular thing, but I can eat an entire jalapeno 
like no problem. So yeah, good stuff. Love, love it. Love the spice. You're, and you're thinking, I just moved up to medium spice on the Taco Bell packets. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like fire. Like, there's a, there's levels that like fire and there's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know fire. I don't, I don't even think fire is the hottest, but there's like fire. There's like medium and there's hot and there's fire. Hot, I don't know. There's, there's, there's definitely some weird levels there for sure. You know who owes a debt to uh, Latinos, especially Mexicans, is In and Out customers. Because yeah. if not for us, there would not be those little chile, those little yellow <laughs> chiles that they have at the that they yes. have there. Oh, yes. They and I think they. Yeah, I think they stole it from Tommy's. I remember back in the old days. Oh, yes. you know, you know, you're, you're, you know, and, and if you know, you, you know, you'd go to the clubs, and I remember going to clubs at. You know, we'd go to Peppers and City of Industry and Fantasia, and we'd go to Caddy's, and we'd go to all these different clubs. And, uh, you know, and if you went to clubs, you know, as most of us have, if you're, if you're fantasy football age, generally, you probably, you probably did the clubs back in the days, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, you're at Tommy's. You know, we used to go to Tommy's on Roscoe across the street from the Anheuser-Busch factory right there. Uh, but there's Tommy's all over. So if you went to clubs, you probably ended up at Tommy's after. And yes, those chili peppers were right there. And, and yeah, I think, I think after that, I think In-N-Out kind of stole the idea from there. But I, I think Tommy's kind of stole that, like you said, George, from the, uh, from the Latino culture. I think Tommy's kind of borrowed that. <laughs> yeah. And, and Tommy's at 2 o'clock in the morning is yep. guaranteed to sober you up immediately. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tommy's, yeah, if, you're, if you're hearing, please feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> Yeah, see, so I've, I've, northern folks, because I'm up in Sonoma, uh, we don't have those uh, peppers in and out. I've never seen those, so I guess I have to go down there. I think got to come back, man. Are they banana back, or, or wax peppers? They call them. Right? I don't know. I, I don't think they're banana peppers. They are yellow, but they're they got a nice kick to them. And you, yeah, I think, I, I think probably in and out up there. If you got an in and out up there, Nico, you can check out the, the, the peppers, man. Get your get your double double with uh, chopped chilies, man. They'll they'll hook you up. Oh, oh, you guys are making me hungry. Nico you, Nico, you mentioned something uh, that your mom loves to do uh, with her dishwasher. That's a little bit old country. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go back to old school. So when we lived in uh, uh, Lancaster, my old stomping grounds in high school, I remember the dishwasher that she used to store uh, dishes in there. And I always thought it was broken. I go, Mom, why is it broken? Why don't you fix it? She goes, oh, it's not broken. I just... I just store stuff in there. She, she never washed, washed it by hand, everything by hand. And the whole time there, I mean, we're talking, you know, over a decade, you know, maybe two decades, never used the dishwasher once. It was just used for putting uh, plates away and stuff. So that was pretty funny. Hey, you know what? That, that's, that's what we learned, man. It's like to this day, me too. I have a dishwasher. I don't, it's empty. I don't, I don't use it. I, you know, everything's my, you know, when I was a kid, if we, if we had chores, you know, mom and dad would wake you up on Saturday morning. You got to do chores, you got to dust. And you know, the favor wax comes out on all the, you know, on your, on the wood grain, everything's a wood grain furniture with ash, with ashtrays. Every, every Latino family has, they had the, had the, oh, the pretty ashtrays. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it's, it's like you got to have the crystal pretty ashtrays that you won, you know, the dime toss at the fiesta where you, you, won, the, where you won the ashtray. And then and, and mom brought them home and boom, got brand new, beautiful ashtrays. And don't mess with them and don't use them because those are the pretty ashtrays. And then guests came over and you brought out the messed up ashtrays when the guests actually use them. But for decoration, everything's decoration. Got to have decoration. The pretty ashtrays were always out. So. Well, I remember messed, those days. <laughs> how messed up was it? Our generation, when I was in kindergarten, we would make like the clay things and I would make an ashtray for my dad. <laughs> that's, that's so good. Oh, that's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> the times, they, are, they have changed. They are a changing and they have changed. 
kindergarten crafts making ashtrays <laughs> and you know what uh, my mom my mom hasn't smoked in more than 30 in more than 35 years and she still has ashtrays yeah. uh, you know for decorative purposes De- it's exactly. just decorative ashtrays exactly exactly that's old country that's old country for sure man <laughs> <laughs> well the last one i know i know one thing that that uh that i've picked up for some god unknown reason is i like i i do mess up and put uh pots and pans and griddles into the and comal into the oven for storage yep yep 100 <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you this, the oven is it is your secondary storage and then when you bake you take everything out and put it on the floor <laughs> and you bake and then when you're done you throw it back in the oven that's a, that's a storage unit right isn't that a storage exactly. unit doesn't, doesn't everyone do that exactly do I, do I keep forgetting do i keep forgetting to actually you know take the stuff out and then it's like oh my god this stuff's 400 right. degrees yeah yeah yes. what's that smell oh, no. <laughs> where are the puppies oh no <laughs> oh man hey classic that's that like you said old country that's you know the, the, all the stuff that we've picked up man is just continue the tradition Oh okay. man! All right. Well, that's going to be the that that's that's going to be for another podcast to to continue this conversation. Yeah, it's time man. we got to get into some cheese man because we cheese had some big man. news dropped on us. Cheese man, yeah, big time cheese man dropped on us yesterday. The uh, and it was kind of interesting. The two pieces of cheese man that happened. The first two are were kind of back to back. But first off, nothing's bigger than Cam, probably since Tom Brady signed Cam Newton to the Patriots. Hi, yeah. Nico. That is so it's like a little more than a million dollars. I think it's like 1.5 million, but with incentives, it could go to seven and a half. If he has a normal, if he's healthy and he has a normal Cam Newton year, oh, yeah, 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 he's just gonna, he's what, what do you guys think? Hector, what I, 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 I mean, I, you know, if, if you've been playing fantasy like, like we all have, chances are you've had Cam Newton on your team a couple of years ago, Nico, you remember the first, there was a couple of years ago where. The first four or five games, he was trash. I dropped him. Nico picked him up, ended up in the finals with his Crabtree double donut year. So, yeah, I mean, we've all had Cam Newton probably at, at some point or another. I like it. I saw there was a video of him on ESPN last night. The guy just looks freaking ripped. He just looks solid. And he's got a chip in his shoulder. He, I think he was he, – you know, there was a video, and he's on SportsCenter. They showed it, and he's like – he said something like they didn't want me they didn't want me and he's just like he just looks focused like laser focused i think he's gonna do great i think the over under on the patriots so far george i think it's it's, it's sitting at like nine so uh, I, I don't know I, I was i was you know early on with stidham i was looking at uh, the the under for the patriots but now that they signed cam like you said if you know i think he's healthy now he's been he's, he hasn't played in a while so i i'm looking for him to have a solid season Again, he's playing with, uh, you know, uh, Belichick over there at, uh, with the Patriots. He's going to have a solid offense. He's got some pretty decent weapons there. Uh, Edelman's coming back. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's got a pretty decent uh, running backs there in the backfield there. So I, I, I would see them probably – I'll probably take the over nine as far from a fantasy perspective. I was going to do a little bit more research and see where we might find Cam Newton at, but I like Cam Newton. I've always been a fan of his, and hopefully he has a solid season – Hopefully he stays healthy, and, and I think I see some big things coming out of him this season. Yeah, instead of over, we we'll go arriba, arriba. Yeah, there you go, the <laughs> arriba on, on the Patriots this year. Yeah, I think so. Nico, are you uh, are you buying stock in the Patriots and Cam Newton? Well, you know, it's the thing. I mean, there's talent, and then there's attitude. And Cam comes in. If you remember that, he was more into his outfits 
And I think he was losing something like 54 to seven and he got a touchdown and he's like the Superman thing. I'm like, you're getting killed. And all you care about is like what you just did. Uh, right. That, right. That's, that's not going to fly over at the Patriots. Patriots, right. like, how we do it. And if you're going to be Antonio Brown and come in and like, oh no, I'm going to be with the team. And then say, you know what? Screw this. I don't, I'm not a team player. That's not going to fly. And he's gone by before August is even done, you know? So uh, I think he can do well. And to tell you the truth, I think he had a little wake up call and maybe he needs to be a better, be a player now for the first time, have the college attitude and want to win. And maybe Belichick's the guy to do it. You know? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I think one of the things that we've talked about before is that he kind of got a raw deal. I think, you know, I, I think it's kind of coming out now. The, 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 the writing's been on the wall, I think, you know, coming out that the doctors over there at Carolina kind of did him wrong. You know, they, you know, he was, he was hurt where he shouldn't have played and, the team doctors were over there kind of clearing him like, yeah, he, he's clear to play, he's clear to play, but he just ended up doing more damage to himself than, than, you know, what they should have been allowing. So I think coming over to the Patriots, they were in a, you know, I guess, you know, coming <laughs> the, the tight ship that I was going to say they run, Belichick runs a tight ship as far as once you get to the stadium, you know, once you, once you suit up, he runs a tight ship. You know, I, I think we talked about the, uh, you know, the, the, the suspension or the, uh, the uh the 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 uh, fine the, 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 yes yeah. the, the the punishment they they got so so they picked up cam and then they got punished for using the cam so then there's that <laughs> so yeah. but yeah we'll, we'll have to wait and see but yeah i think i think patriots are gonna they, they generally as far as injuries go hopefully they'll treat him right they'll do him right and uh he'll, he'll be able to have a have a, a good healthy season so uh, we'll wait and see but i i look forward to that i'm looking forward to seeing cam uh, have a have a good year before we talk about the the using the cam, yeah. how they're I think how they're going to use cam. I think there's going to be a little bit of you look at the way Tim Tebow was used when Josh McDaniels was the coach, the head coach at uh, Denver. They actually got to the playoffs one year. He's yeah. Yeah. you know he, I think there's going to be some real good you know zone reads. There's going to be some run pass option. There's going to be some pla some planned runs for him. There's going to be some Paul some plays where it's going to be they're going to give him the option to tuck it and run. I think it's going to open up a whole whole new dimension for their offense. I think it's going to, and, and I, which is going to make them uh, potentially more scary. You get a healthy cam. I think it's an upgrade. Yes. Healthy cam's always year. scary. Healthy cam's always been scary. I mean, he's, like I said, if, if you've been in fantasy and you've ever had cam, he's, he has a potential to put up monster numbers, yeah. which he has done, which he has already done before. Took his team to the Super Bowl one year. So yes, definitely yes. can do that. And he's 31. He's young. I, I love what you guys were saying about him having a chip on his shoulder. I think, you know, anytime a player is on a one-year deal and he's, got, and he's trying to prove it, I, I think I, I want to bet on the player. And, yeah. and that's why I'm like, if he's healthy, man, I'm putting him in. I mean, I had him at number 33 on my quarterback list because he wasn't on my quarterback rankings yeah. because he wasn't signed. I'm putting him, I'm really going to look at putting him in my top 10 pretty soon. Yeah, yeah I, th yeah. I think with a uh, double set tight end, he'll do very well. I mean, with the Panthers, he was very you know, good at passing to tight end. His yep. height at what, six foot five? <clears throat> I think he is. He can do that. And Belichick, I mean, that's what they do. They have tight ends. You know, if they can get two guys that are there, that'll open it wide up. It's a good yeah. point. Yeah, him, him to Greg. Yeah, Cam to Greg Olson. We 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 saw that for years and years. So that that'll fit right into the Patriots' offense. Years and years. And I think the yeah. fact that Norv Turner, who was the offensive coordinator for the for Cam and the Panthers in 2018, he gave him a, he gave a 
thumbs up, a major thumbs up to Bill Belichick that probably helped to, you know, really, really turn the tide and make, get them excited for him. So yeah, if North Turner says thumbs up, you got You got to like that. North Turner, you know, if you know North Turner, he, the, the guy's a basketball, I mean, a, sorry, a football genius. So he knows his stuff. So if he, if he gives you know, Cam a thumbs up yeah, and, and Bill Belichick trusted him enough to take it, you know, there's something good there. And uh, he's the, you know, he's the jalapeno in the bowl. The jalapeno, <laughs> he's hot. He's, he's hot. hot. He's gonna be hot. Let's go. <laughs> so Hector Hector touched on the uh, using the cam. So I thought it was I thought it was brilliant the way they announced the Cam Newton signing 16 minutes before the NFL sent out their you know, it sent, sent out the announcement that the Patriots were being fired. Not an accident, not minute. an accident. It was, I mean, as a, <laughs> as a, a long time, as a long time PR guy, that was absolutely, Brilliant. Hey, Oh, sure. it's just like, it's all, Hey, look over here, look over here. There's nothing to see nothing on the other see. side. Look over here. The shiny new thing with the, with, with Cam Newton. Yep. Utter brilliance. Utter yeah. brilliance. Yeah, that ESPN had to interrupt the lacrosse championship in 1978 to bring this out. It was no. like, oh my God, real news. So I was so upset news. about that. <laughs> but I mean, it's, you know, it kind of, you know, Ricky, Ricky's the one who likes to, loves to hit on Belichick. Calling, I think he's called him Belichick more than once. Uh, yes. This really is, uh, you know, another, another mark on these guys. I mean, they were, they were trying to record a one in 12 Bengals team at the time. Come on, man. It's like Watergate, you know. You know, there, there's, you know, Richard Nixon was, you know, he was, you know, he was set to win the presidency in a landslide victory, and he, he goes and he sends guys in to like, you know, steal the, you know, Watergate tapes or whatever it was. It's like you have, there's, there's no need. It's like unnecessary. There's, there's something there. Like there's almost like a paranoia that's borderline. Just like you, you're, you're, there's something, something, something's off there if you, if you're that paranoid about the Bengals, like you said at that time. So. I don't know. It is interesting, but yeah, they're, they're the NFL. I think they did, they did right. The, you know, it's like enough is enough. You know, the penalty came down pretty harsh. I mean, they're losing a draft pick and was the second round third, so, third round. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, obviously, you know, no team likes to lose a draft pick. So they, you know, they got, you know, the NFL needs to lay down the law and say, you know what, man, you guys can't be doing this stuff anymore. This is like your final warning. You know, we're taking a third round pick. If it happens again, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the gates of the, 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 they'll feel the wrath of God, I think, coming if it happens again. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, hopefully they learn their lesson after this. Yeah, I think all sports after the Astros, it's kind of like all sports need to kind of, you know, take note. Yeah. Like, no more yeah. cheating. And, you know, if you're going to charge all this money and do all this stuff, you know, like, there's no, there's no out of it. And, uh, so. Yeah, for sure. Do it right. Um, do it right, man. You know, there's a lot of guys that are being paid a lot of money to, to do their jobs and keep their jobs. Just keep the cheating out of it. That's all yeah, I they don't say need to. about that. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's, there's always an old idiom, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, or if you ain't trying to get somewhere edge, but that's, that's right. just pushing. That's just push. I mean, you know, it's kind of like hitting, you know, it's like the, the DBs hitting and hitting and hitting until they actually get called for pass interference. And, right. You know, they got right. away with it 10 times right. and then exactly. they got caught exactly. once. Exactly. Yeah. Give well, it to take a mile, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's enough on that. You know, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the third round draft pick in a couple of years, but, um, there you go. the big thing on this one, we've been, we've been doing our year two series. You know, we, last week we covered the running backs and the quarterbacks today. We're going to go with receivers and man, were there a lot of receivers taken in 20 in 20 in the 2019 draft. We're going into that second year. And, you know, yep. I, in, in talking about this, you know, every time I think of Randy Moss, 
going off in 1998 in his rookie year when he went for more than 1,300 yards and 17 touchdowns. I always think of Jerry Rice, who had a very who had an okay rookie year, 49 receptions, 927 yards. But there was a, you know, Bill Walsh just kind of felt like he wasn't unleashing him. And then he got mm-hmm. had a talk with his uh, with Jerry Rice's coach. At, at Mississippi Valley State and the coach told him you're not working if he if he's not doing this you're not working him hard enough just work him into the ground he's never going to get tired and next thing you know he goes for 1500 yards the next year and 15 TDs and bingo he's the goat when it comes to receivers and yep, uh, yep. yeah Nico do they still have statues up in the northern Cal for him <laughs> yeah you know well it's funny that that first year Jerry Rice was no mas Yep. No moss. Ah, no moss, like like Randy Moss. <laughs> no moss. I I get it. I get it, man. Yeah. I just you know want to make sure the rest of our audience caught up. <laughs> Keep up, everybody. Come on. <laughs> but you know what? And last year we had we had several receivers who took who took that year two jump. You had DJ Moore. You had Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Michael Gall, DJ Chark. All had excellent second years uh, after you know being okay their rookie Ridley had a lot of touchdowns but not a lot of receptions so had us looking at at the wide receivers who were drafted in 2019 yep and we're going to go in order uh for most of them there's going to be quite a few so we're going to try and jump through these pretty quickly starting off with Marquise Brown Marquise Brown my guy Hollywood Brown uh, a, a little uh a little tidbit an interesting tidbit about Marquise Brown we're all you know we're all here in LA County. I'm in Burbank, uh, Georgia, out there in uh, Winnetka, Chatsworth. Yep. Where are you at, George? Chatsworth, Winnetka. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nico, well, Nico's. You know, you're you're born and raised here in L.A. County, Lancaster, uh, Pacoima. But um, Marquise Brown initially. Oh yeah, he. I think he's from Hollywood, Florida. They call him Hollywood Brown. But he actually, uh, in 2016, he played ball here at College of the Canyons, out here in Santa Clarita. And he actually worked at Magic Mountain, you know, as, as one of his jobs when he was out here going to college out here in Santa Clarita, out here in L.A. County. So props to Marquise Brown. Shout out to you, my man. Uh, hanging out in the Valley at least a little bit <laughs> here, here in you, Santa Clarita Valley. Yeah, he probably um, but, buckled us up in the rides in Magic Mountain Yeah, exactly. Keep, keep, your, keep your hands in the log jammer at all times. Don't be splashing people, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, but Hollywood Brown, um, again, I think we've talked about it before. He's part of the Baltimore Ravens offense. Current ADPs, uh, wide receiver 31 going in the seventh round. You know, there's, there, there are some concerns there, you know, mostly around the fact that the Ravens offense, they haven't shown that they're going to throw a lot. Um, I think, uh, last year, Lamar Jackson had 468 dropbacks. Uh, 439 passes only. It's, 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 there's not a lot. Yes, he did set a record for most, uh, what he had the most uh, touchdown passes, 36 last year, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson with the Baltimore offense. But, you know, so, you know, the, the, the concern around Marquise Brown is that, you know, if that happens again, if Lamar is going to do this more the same of just kind of run first or kind of dump off to, uh, to his, uh, his tight end, um, Mark Andrews, uh, you know, what work, how much work is there going to be for Marquise Brown? I tend to think, I kind of tend to lean towards the side of he stays healthy. I mean, he did miss a couple of games last year, but he stays healthy. Um, I think I see a lot of work coming his way. Hopefully, um, the Baltimore Ravens offense is like, you know what? We need, to, we need you to be healthy, Lamar. We need to drop back a little bit more, be a pocket passer, throw a little bit more. If that's the case this year, 
We're going to see a little bit more action from my man, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, I like him. You know, I have no problem taking him in the seventh round. Uh, wide receiver 31. There's some other guys going around that, uh, around that draft position. Who did I see there? He's, he's going to wide receiver 31. We're seeing guys. Let me see here. Who else are we seeing out there? We're seeing Michael Gallup. We're seeing Jarvis Landry, Terry McLaurin around that area. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think those guys, anyone in that area, any any of those guys in, at that at, at that at that pick are good. I like Marquise Brown a little bit more only because he's sitting on the Baltimore Ravens offense again. I'm leaning towards that offense becoming a little bit more conservative as far as Lamar running. I think he's going to dump it more. So I look for some big things coming out of Marquise Brown. Love him in his current position. Yeah, I, I think the Baltimore, I mean, what were they, 10-point, 11-point favorites in the championship when they lost? I mean, yeah. they figured it yeah. out. It's like, you know what? We're going to shut you down, and you got to pass it, and they weren't ready. So yeah. I think they're going to have to do it this year. Yeah. Don't disagree. You know, the, I think they're saying his – uh, I, he had 71 targets last year and he was only on the field about 50% of the time right, for the offensive right. plays because, because he was coming back from the, the uh, foot surgery. So he wasn't hundred percent all season and he still had some big, big, big plays. So I think, you know, you get a hundred targets out of this guy, he's going to be up around, you know, 70, you know, 70 receptions and look out look out at that point. He's, he's going to be up over a thousand yards and he's a big playmaker. So he could be up over 10 touchdowns. So for sure, a uh, really interesting guy. I think he's, I, I think he's a guy who's going to outperform his ADP. He's the number one receiver. It's going to be between him and Mark Andrews. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And, and that whole offense is going to keep, you know, defenses just going bananas, you know, ripping their hair out because I mean, you're, you're adding, you got Mark Ingram, you're adding JK Dobbins to the backfield. I mean, what are they going to do? You know, where's the, where's the ball going? You know, defensive backs are just going to be going nuts. You know, they, I think, uh, you know, Lamar and the whole Ravens office is going to keep defenses completely off kilter all season long. So I'm looking forward to that. I think they're going to do big things. And like I said, if they can throw a little bit more than they did last year, uh, I see real big things coming out of Hollywood Brown. Yeah. The next guy. Oh yeah. The next guy is Nikhil Harry. He went, uh, he was at, he went at the end of the first round number 32 overall to the new England Patriots. And he really didn't do much last year, only 12 receptions, uh, uh, for 105 yards and two touchdowns during the season, you know, battled some injuries. I, I, you know, just to see that I went and looked at some highlights from ASU today, just to kind of see what this guy really is. And he's a yard at yak monster yards yak. after the catch. And <laughs> I mean, he caught so many screens and just, took him to the house from that from that point so I, I think that's something that maybe you know I, I don't know if maybe he was having trouble picking up the offense last year between the, that and the injuries he it's it's one of those things the the Patriots didn't really upgrade their uh receiving core this year they didn't really add anybody to the room uh it's it's basically going to be him and Edelman uh and it's going to be he's a guy to kind of keep an eye on for this year especially with cam newton now throwing it instead of jared you know i think that's stidham. what we're expecting instead of <laughs> instead of stidham well i think it's interesting like you said the, the, and it's always kind of like less is more or you know the, the the things that teams don't do sometimes speaks more volumes than, than what they than what the moves that they actually make and the fact that the patriots did actually you know didn't actually pick up didn't actually do much in the in the in the way of wide receiver leads us to believe or leads me to believe that they have faith in this guy you know the fact that here, here comes cam newton again uh making moves um 
I think they. I think he'll have a, a solid year. You know, you 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 talked about a yak monster yard after the catch. You know, so so far we have bell cows, we have target hog, and the yak, and we have yak monsters. Like we have a zoo now of of, of terms for all these. <laughs> we have the yak monster. Oh yeah, but yeah. Anytime, anytime you see someone being a, a yak monster, you know, yard after the catch, that that that's that's something that that's definitely something to pay attention to. They you know, they might take a quick you know an, uh, a quick screen or a quick dump off, and they're gonna make guys miss. And a yak monster, that's a guy that makes guys miss. You know, they're, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, juke them and they're going to get some, some good yards. And whenever you have a guy like that that can do that, that's going to be quick on his feet and able to make those quick cuts, there's going to be some times where he's going to get free and get some scores. So, yeah, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. 14th round, no problem. I like Nikhil Harry, especially Nicole. now with Cam Newton there. Nico, what do you think about it? I mean, is he going to have enough balls coming his way with uh, Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu in front of him? Yeah, I mean Edelman, he's he, he gets hurt earlier earlier every year, and so I just think there's going to be a lot more to kind of spread around. But I don't know. I mean, the beginning of the season, um, it should tell a lot because they're pretty consistent throughout the whole year. So yeah. I, I'd watch the beginning. That'll tell you whether to keep him on your fantasy, and then uh, I think go from there. Yep. Oh man. Well, next one, Nico, up in your neck of the woods, Debo Samuel. Yeah, you had him last year, right, Nico? He wasn't he on your squad last year, Nico. You had this guy, right? I picked him up. Just you know, nobody picked him up, and I'm like, Debo. I mean, it just I love hearing them scream his name in the stands. <laughs> I mean, Debo. I mean, his mom almost called him Frank. That's just not cool. Like, Debo. <laughs> but uh, talk talk about yak. I mean, this guy was taking the notes from Kittle and just taking the ball and running. I mean, this is a wide receiver hitting and running over people. It was just great. I mean, he was double spoony good. He was just like, yeah. <laughs> double spoonies. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, a game, that's a term from a game we used to play when we were kids. So like <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I like it. He, he did get hurt. Uh, he's supposed to come back the first round. But, you know, if you take him out, the Niners are really hurting and don't really have much as far as, you know, what they're going to show for wide receivers. You know, it's Brandon Ayuk and Halen Hurd, you know, but uh, – they're probably going to pick up a few guys. I mean, it's early in the season. You don't know what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, Jimmy Jimmy G's going to throw the ball. And, you know, and the, the thing about it is, is like uh, Kittle, he'll either be playing a lot or he can play a little bit and just block. You know, they're, they're not selfish. None of these receivers, they all want to win. So that's what I love about the Niners. So you shall yeah, see. Yeah. So I, about, I worry I, about I the him. injury with him lingering. What did he have? Yeah. He had a, a, a foot, foot surgery or what was it a yeah, fracture? Had, yeah, Jones yeah. fracture and he had to have surgery. I mean, he was quoted as saying uh, four days ago that the foot felt good and he says he's on track and, you know, he's going to take his time, but he, he feels like he's going to be back for week one. So we should see. And any yeah. concerns, George? I, I remember last year we, we talked about it a couple of times. There's been some, you know, talk about, you know, concerns about Jimmy G and, you know, the, the idea that Mostert's going to just kind of blow up. I've heard a couple, you know, I read some articles that Mostert's just going to kind of take over the offense this year. And they're going to, they're going to be just like super run heavy this year. And, Again, last year, we all saw it where, you know, the, the 49ers kind of shut down the passing game. So any concern there with, you know, Debo Samuel maybe taking a backseat almost to Mostert and even more so George Kittle? I, I think it's definitely – I think he's definitely going to take a backseat because I'm very worried that this, this injury is going to linger into the mm, season. And maybe yeah. – I mean, there's been – uh, Sammy Watkins is a guy who basically lost two – you know, the bulk of two years because of the same – exact injury it's just something that is really easy to re-injure so that that's the thing they're saying that he could be ready for week one i'll believe it when i see it i'm staying away from samuel 
Uh, there's the wide receivers. So, I mean, unless I'm getting him like in the 11th round where I've already got like all my back, you know, back a, a good backup receiver or back backup flex play. But uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I just, I, I can't stay. I, I can't justify taking him. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, but uh, uh, well, one guy that's going, that's flying off the of draft boards, Hector is your guy next. <laughs> AJ Brown. And, and I speak, frankly about AJ Brown because I I'm that guy that had him I mean, everyone talks about wow this guy was like really good the second half of last season from week 12 on you know he had four games with over 100 yards he had seven touchdowns and oh my god and Tannehill just blew up I had him during that you know I, I was the guy that had him so I was I had a front row seat to watch AJ Brown just be amazing and to get all those points and to get all those TD passes from Tannehill I still don't understand I'm hearing a lot of people that are just not high on Tannehill. Oh, it was a fluke or this and that and the other. I'm not seeing that. I don't know why a lot of folks aren't giving Tannehill the love that I think he should be getting. I think, you know, back in Miami, uh, he's just in a, in a crappy offense. I mean, look, I mean, let's just think about it for a second. Like I like to say the thousand foot view, Kenyon Drake, Ryan Tannehill were both on the dolphin offense and both of them were like, okay, what's up? You know, what, what do these guys have left? You know, I, I don't, I'm not seeing it. Then Drake goes to the Cardinals, blows up. Tannehill goes to the Titans, blows up. Okay, wait a minute. Now, now we're starting to see, you know what? These guys actually are talented. They just got stuck on a bad team. So I like Tannehill. I think he's way better than what he's getting credit for. I like me some A.J. Brown. Like I said, we've talked about it before. If, if you have a guy on your fantasy team that gets you points, it's like love on like steroids because you love him even more than like other people love him because he got points for you. So you like love him, love him. So I love, <laughs> love AJ Brown. He got me a lot of points. He scored me a lot of touchdowns. I didn't make the playoffs, but those games that I won, usually if I won a game in those last weeks of the season, it was because AJ Brown just went bananas and scored a bunch of points. And the fact that I also had Ryan Tannehill. I love, I love, love Ryan Tannehill too. So yeah, but yes, he's currently going wide receiver 21 in the fourth round. He, he hooked me up last year, got me a ton of points. If I can get A.J. Brown again this year, I'm going for him. Fourth round, no problem. Love me, A.J. Brown. How about you, Nico? Uh, Don't take him. Don't pick him. Don't pick him. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Let me me finish my notes here. Take him before Hector. Okay. No, I, I think it's good. I mean, basically, the receiving core is pretty solid over there, but it's it's a hit or miss. I mean, I like playing DraftKings and all that. And, you know, there you go. All of a sudden, you sit there and age is like, oh, it blew up or it didn't blow up. Yes. You know, it's kind of like zero yes. points or he just got two touchdowns and 200 yards. Like, what just happened? So it's a hit or miss, but, you know, it also plays into fantasy. Like, are you going to play him this week? You know, of course you're going to play him. Yeah, that is true. There were, that, yeah, there were some games he blew up, but there were also were some games where, you know, he, you know, kind of crap the bed. So, yeah, it can't be hit and miss. His, his, I mean, his only other competition is Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis. So, you know, hopefully uh, – I think, I think he and Tannehill definitely developed a nice rapport at the end of that last season. So, I'm looking for some big things, big things. But, no, Nico, put it on your notes. Do not pick before Hector. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people are really, you know, talking him up. I mean, he's going really high on he's ADP. He's a speedster. He's a speedster, man. Oh, he's, he's great. And he run. I mean, he's built like a running back, six foot, 226. And so he's, he's going high. He's going ahead. Of, the, one, the one thing is like he's going ahead of Cortland Sutton. He's going ahead of Tyler Lockett, ahead of Robert Woods, ahead of Keaton Allen. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe pump the brakes a little bit. I'd love to see those receptions come up. I mean, he did have 84 targets 
for 52 receptions. So I'd love to see the the targets go up over 100, I mean 110. Eight TDs, man. You can't yeah. deny the eight oh, yeah. TDs, though. That's a that's a nice that's sweeps. a nice number. That's a nice jet number. sweeps. So yeah. no, he's gonna be. He's get, he, I think he's a guy who's going to take even a bigger step forward. Yeah. And, and another guy that, the, that some people are looking to take a step forward, even though there's not a lot of balls to go around, is Nicole Hardman. Nicole, uh, what, what are you thinking about? Well, for me, you know, as far as what the Chiefs, it's like you've got a whole core. It's like that's a tough place to be. That's yeah. like going to – it's like going to a party and there's the one pretty girl and you're sitting there with the whole, you know, the, the whole football team with all jocks. Like, hey, come I love me. it. I love it. Wow. I never thought of it that way, but dang, that's pretty damn accurate. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, and Tyreek's coming in, you know, cause you gotta go by Tyreek. And then of course there's uh, Kelsey, you know, and then, you know, Sammy Watkins, which everyone doesn't give him credit. Like, Oh, he's, you know, 27 and with the seventh year. You know the guys, but but he would blow up. But what was that one game? Like 240 yards. Yeah, that was games. that was crazy. I remember that game. Yeah, it was on week one. Yeah. yeah. So many so, people um, had him on his bench. Had him yes, on their benches. yes, I remember that. That was that was like that was the 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 the, the common the common thread on like social media. Like, oh my god, he's on my bench. <laughs> yeah. So so you, you get in that crowd. You, he got 41 targets last year, only 538 yards. You know, Tyreek got hurt, and then that's kind of when it all came in. You know. Yeah. But, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, I I don't see much, but I, I think you got to start throwing the ball more over at KC because again, otherwise, you know, you're gonna start to have you know patterns and everyone's gonna go to it. So you got to kind of mix it up. And I don't really see Sammy Watkins staying there for the rest of the season. So I think it's gonna happen is they're gonna kind of clear it up and, and do a few things. So um, I mean, I, I I see I see him having a solid year, but nothing special. I, I probably wouldn't pick him up unless he was available. And even then, I'd probably just wait and see him on the on the one. So. Yeah, I, I remember uh, I remember a couple of games where Miko Hard. Yeah, like you said, uh, it, it, when there's injuries, when when the, when the guys when other guys are going down, Miko Hardman would step up. So, it, it, you know, Tyreek Hill obviously is going to be the the. The, the target hog over there uh, in in KC. So yeah, Miko Hardman will, will have his will have his uh, he'll definitely get a, you know his targets. He'll have his he'll have his catches. He'll have his yards. Tyreek as long as Tyreek kills there, you know obviously it's it's nice he'll he'd be nice to have on your squad. Um, if he's going in the twelfth round, he, I would love to pick up Miko Hardman in the twelfth round. He's currently wide receiver fifty five ADP because yeah he, you know he's he's just one injury away from being you know, uh, Mahomes' number one guy. So I, I wouldn't have a problem at all with picking up Miko Hart. But I do remember, like I said, he had some really good games uh, last year as, as wide receiver one on the Chiefs on the Chiefs staff. So, yeah, not – not definitely, you know, if, if you can pick up anybody from the Chiefs to be on your squad, you know, Miko Hart is as good as any of them. So as far as, as, far as behind that, that, first, that first line of, you know, your, your, your main guys. So I, I would, I, I'll pick up anybody if I can, you know, from the Chiefs to throw on my squad. Yeah, to get him in the twelfth round is yeah. is uh, that's that could be a bargain. I mean, yeah. one thing I look at him is, I mean, I know he's got a lot of competition, but you know, we we also know that Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball, and he's going to throw. There's people, you know, he's going to be throwing the ball six hundred times this season. So the the so the thing that's very intriguing to me about Nicole Hardman is the fact that he got six touchdowns on only thirty touches. 26 receptions, four uh, rushing attempts. So that to me is a great ratio right, for right. being a big play guy. So 
I'd love to see the targets come up. The, the one thing is, uh, you know, Nico, you brought up that, you know, Sammy Watkins isn't exactly going away. He's not. So it's like, I don't think he's taking away uh, any kind of any targets away from Hill. He's not taking away targets from Kelsey. He's not. He, and, you know, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Damian Williams are both good receiving backs out of the backfield. So they're going to get their number of targets. So it's like, you know, it, at some at certain point, is he the third option? Is he the fourth option? Is he the fifth option? So uh, he might be a good streaming guy. Uh, he might be a guy to play during yeah. bye weeks if uh, the rest of your team is is, is out. So uh, he's a good – he's a stash. To, right, to exactly. Out. He's a good guy to have. Like I said, yeah. anybody from the Chiefs offense you can throw on your squad, just kind of throw him on there. You know, especially like, you know, like we talked about, this is the season of COVID-19. And at, at any given time, you know, oh, my God, Tyreek Hill, you know, he, he's out for 14 days. Oh, my God. You, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's that good. That, you know, any, any of these guys, yeah, though, yeah, knock on wood, I'm definitely not wishing that on any, of the, any player. I'm just saying is if you, can, if you can stash anyone on your bench, it might not, not be a bad idea to stash those guys that belong to high-powered offenses, you know, to, to kind of maximize your investment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the I'll next the water boy uh, round nineteen because you know you have to be <laughs> <this> shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely, exactly. Well, the next guy is you know what JJ Arthega Whiteside. Arthega, uh, Arthega. I found out he he was born in Saragossa, Spain. Espana. Nice. So, there you go, Spain. He was a, a round two pick, number 57 overall. And I think uh, the the people who picked him are kind of dread it when they hear some of the names that came after him, but you know, battled injuries all last season. Then I kind of looked at the the depth chart for Philadelphia that that's ahead of him for passes. You got Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rieger, the, the, the rookie first round draft pick, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, who, if he ever comes back healthy. And then, the, and then Miles Sanders, who's going to get 60 to 70 uh, receptions this year. I don't know if there's going to be any, any passes for going this guy. I, I think it, sometimes injuries kind of, kind of cloud your, your future. So I don't know what, what this guy has ahead of him. I don't know what, if anybody else has much or anything to say about him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you covered it. You know, there, there's this, there's this, you know, to use Ricky's term, a lot of mouths to feed there in Philly, yeah. and, you know, as of right now, you know, on paper, there's a ton of mouths to feed, but like we've said, you know, in the past, you know, Deshaun Jackson at any moment can, can, or will go down. Alshon Jeffrey, same thing. So we have left, you have, uh, you know, a couple of tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Yes. You have Jalen Rieger, but if that's the case, if Deshaun and Alshon go down, then you have a one, two punch of uh Rieger, you have uh Arthega Whiteside. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but again, even still, you have Zach Ertz, which which who which I think um, you know will probably end up being the number one target uh, from Carson Wentz. If if Alshon and Deshaun go down, Zach Ertz is obviously the kind of the comfort you know, you know the comfort target. You know the guy that he, that he, that Carson knows the best. That's kind of you know quarterbacks kind of lean on those receivers that they know that you know that know the routes that they know are gonna you know catch a ball when they really need to when when they're you know third down or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, to your point, you know, I, I don't know if there's, there's too much, too much to, to think about or, or to say about him, but you know, just, we'll have to just wait and see. He's currently going undrafted on draft boards. ADP is undrafted. So like I said, a lot of mouths to feed, or just, I guess we we'll just have to wait and see. So the next one, uh, also another second rounder, Paris Campbell, Hector. Uh, yeah. 
Indy, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, yeah, you know, Philip Rivers coming in. He's currently wide receiver 78, 20th round. You know, kind of another Arthega Whiteside. Um, you know, you're, he's, he's sitting behind T.Y. Hilton. He's sitting behind Michael Pittman Jr. He's sitting behind Jack Doyle in, in the pecking order over there on the Colts. So, you know, Philip Rivers, he's a seasoned vet. He's going to definitely lean towards T.Y. for sure. You know, uh, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. And, you know, Pittman, you know, down the, and, you know, you go down the pecking order there. But I, I see a lot of action between Philip Rivers and, and T.Y. Hilton um, coming up this year. Uh, Paris Campbell kind of being number four, you know, uh, in, the, in, in line, you know, four targets. I don't see too much, again, as we said, unless there's injuries or COVID or whatever the case may be, there might be something there. But, you know, if that's the case, you know, I, I'm kind of, like I said, I, I'm leaning myself towards those kind of high-powered offenses to kind of fill up my bench. If this guy's going currently in the 20th round, that's way beyond where we're at. You know, our, 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 uh, our, our league is 15 rounds. These guys go number 20. I'll have to wait and see, you know, maybe, you know, a couple of years down the road or next year, or, you know, in the future, we'll, we'll see how he pans out. The guy went to Ohio State. So, you know, if Ohio State picked him up and recruited him, you know, the guy's got some talent. So, but yeah, we'll have to just wait and see. He's not really too much to say at this point, but it's kind of definitely uh, something to, some guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I was thinking like if you were in a coma for a year and you woke up now and they're like, and you explained all the different quarterbacks and with locations, they're like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're lying. Like, no, no. He goes, Tampa Bay, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. So. Yeah, the only thing with uh, the thing with Campbell, especially considering the the his teammate Terry McLaurin, who got picked, I think it was seventeen picks after him. That's just kind of oh, like, wow. oh, you know, you got to you got to figure like uh, we, the Indianapolis people are like, oh, what were we thinking? Just like <laughs> the next guy, uh, I'm going to talk about this one and quickly because then I'm going to hand off to Nico for the guy after that because there's not much to say about Andy Isabella. He only got nine catches for 189 yards on the season. He's a small guy, 5'9", 188 pounds, uh, really little. There's just, you know, we keep getting the he, – he's so down in pecking order with a lot of mouths to feed in front of him. DeAndre right. Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his 150. <laughs> he's he's the, big, the big fish, you know. Yeah. And Isabel's in, in a small pond dude, with, with a lot of fish, but the big fish being DeAndre Hopkins. So. Yeah. And yeah. you still, you still got to feed Christian Kirk. You still got to feed Larry yeah. Fitzgerald. Kenyon yeah. Drake is going to get his reception. Yeah. Dan Arnold, the tight end. So it's like, I don't know if he's going to be more than a gadget player. Really don't. Right. And I got, and I got to figure that, that the general manager, Steve Kime is kind of kicking himself <laughs> because two picks after is uh, Nico, your guy, DK Metcalf. Yeah, no, I really, really like Metcalf. And yes. I remember our draft a few years back. Actually, I think the year I won it was I picked up a guy named Julio Jones. And, uh, <laughs> Who? Victor looked at me and Victor like, dude, you know he's the number two on, 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 uh, on Atlanta. The Falcons, Atlanta? The Falcons, yeah. And I go, I know, but I see something. In oh, yeah, game. Roddy uh, White, man. Roddy White, man. That guy's, that guy's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah. So Victor and our group, he's just like, you know, oh, dude, I, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I know what I'm doing. So that one time I did know what I was doing, so that was great. But uh, <laughs> Metcalf, I see that this is his breakout season. I mean, um, yep. he's got all that stuff. I mean, last year, 100 catches. I mean, 900 yards. But now um, I think it's just – it's a rhythm. And you have Russell Wilson who 
he's a methodical guy. Everything's done. He has his place. He knows what to do. And I think he's becoming more and more comfortable with the pass. I had him as a quarterback, and for fantasy, he's very frustrating. He could have five points. He could have 45 points. You know, you don't know. But uh, I think what's going to happen is you're going to have your wide receivers. And, uh, you know, Lockett's supposed to be the number one guy, but every time there was a big player third down, he went to Metcalf. And Lockett was hurt, so who knows what's going to happen. But uh, as far as a breakout season, that would be my pick. And that's why I'm glad I got to talk about him today. Yay. uh, Completely agree. I, I, you know, I'm going to try to make a note to myself now, Nico, and I'm going to draft Metcalf ahead of you. <laughs> so he's but, going but in the no. fifth round. Yeah. He's going in the fifth round, take him in the fourth. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think it, yeah, it's not a secret. It's, it is not a secret. I mean, anyone who follows fantasy knows, first of all, DK Metcalf is a physical specimen. The guy's, he's what, 6'4", 229. He's, he's, he, he's towers over Tyler Lockett. Not to say Tyler Lockett's not a bad receiver. He was, he was, he was a top gun over there in Seattle last season. But I, yeah, I, I think, um, I think the, the majority of folks in fantasy are kind of waiting for DK Metcalf's coming out party this year. I think he's in a, this is the year, I think he's in a, he's in a pass over uh, Tyler Lockett and just, you know, become Russell Wilson's favorite target. I, I have, I have I'm, I'm looking for big things out of DK Metcalf. Yeah, if I can try to, if I can scoop him up somewhere fifth or before, uh, you know, I would love to because I, I I definitely see him being uh, the number one guy in Seattle for sure. Yeah, for my detriment, I put him there. So you know, I, I put him for the lock, and that's my pick of the year. <laughs> no. I, still I still don't know why uh, you know why he lasted so long. He was number sixty four overall. I'm mean, like that, that, on talent alone, right, I mean, right? Speed. I mean, he's got Megatron size speed combo. So yeah. I, I, I look at him. He's got a great quarterback. I'm looking at him to blow past those 58 uh, receptions that he had last year, going 75, 80, and the, the yardage going like 1,100, 1,200. And, you know, he's just – he goes and gets the – you know, he goes and gets the jump balls. So, I think yeah. his touchdowns are going to go into the double digits. He is – I think he's going to really fly past his ADP. I think he's going to be a great pick for, for, for people this year. Agreed. Completely the one agreed. Thing, the one thing about it is if they do a shortened season like they do baseball, they're going to be playing the local teams. So Arizona, Niners, Rams, pretty solid defenses. So it's going to be, you know, everyone's going to have to play against each other on that end. So maybe not the yards we think of. But right now, we're thinking full season. Right. We're thinking, you know, we're thinking beer. Football, fantasy, Vegas, Vegas. Hey, 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 you never know. No, I don't, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll uh, cut down the season. I think if anything, they'll start the season late and be like, "All right, you know, March thirty first, Super Bowl Sunday." <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. So, so, sorry. Sorry, March Madness. We're, we're the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're the NFL. Everybody get. Everybody, everybody hold my beer. It's a steamroller of the NFL. That that that, that is the NFL. It is everyone move out of the way. <laughs> so well Hector you got the next guy yes Deontay Johnson uh currently sitting at wide receiver 43 going in the ninth round um first of all the guys on the Pittsburgh Steelers and you know the, the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is coming back and Deontay Johnson emerged last year people were looking at uh James Washington to kind of break out and it ended up being Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson at WR2. And again, just remember, last year, the Steelers had Mason Rudolph and Paxton Lynch, neither of which are anything like 
my man, Big Ben Roethlisberger. So if, if Deontay was able to, to establish himself last year in the, in the Steelers offense as number two after Juju, you, you know Big Ben's just going to take whatever he did last year with his uh, 59 receptions, 680 yards, five TDs. I have no reason to think that that will not replicate, you know, it, it, and possibly exponentially, maybe uh, maybe seven or eight TDs, maybe up to double digits at 10. Um, you know, Big Ben, as we know throughout history, this, the guy loves having his tandem of receivers to kind of open things up. You know, the, obviously we all remember Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, the guys had through, through history, but that's the one that stands out to me is that when Big Ben has two solid receivers, he likes to just feed them, keep the defenses off balance. So Juju, you know, he's going to get his balls. But I, I also know if, if Deontay establishes himself as wide receiver two on the team, which it looks like he is, he's going to get his definite fair share from Big Ben. So I definitely like him at, in the ninth round for sure. Big Ben's coming off. Obviously, he, he, he missed a big chunk last season. He's had plenty of time to heal up. He's going to come into the season feeling good, looking good. I have a, I like Deontay Johnson at WR 43 ninth round for sure. I went back and I looked at the numbers in 2018 when um, Big Ben was uh, healthy and it was, I mean, he was able to support two receivers that got over a hundred receptions. Now I'm not saying that Deontay Johnson's going to get a hundred receptions, but that's I am I'm going to say that Deontay Johnson is going to be it could look at a significant workload uh, increase this year. I mean, more targets. Yeah. Uh, it, it's I think everything points up to him. He, you know, Roethlisberger is going to throw, throw, throw. So I mean, a, a healthy Big Ben. All of a sudden, yes, we're going to get a good. Uh, we're 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 going to get a good number two receiver. I'm expecting a full recovery and return to glory for Juju Smith-Schuster. I think we all had him number ten. Yeah, our, he was he was he was way drafted. I remember his ADP for for you know mock drafts last year and going into to fantasy drafts. He was high. I can't remember exactly. Where I remember. I think I think in our drafts he went like. I think in the, within the within the first four or five rounds, I think Juju got picked up. Maybe even the third. I can't remember exactly. I just know yeah. that he was definitely one of the one of the one of the highly regarded wide receivers last year, and it didn't pan out obviously because Big Ben went down. But I, if you know, in a healthy Big Ben year, Juju is going to have a solid year for sure. And that, then that, of course, if he's being if he's getting the you know the, the hot DB to, to to guard him, that may open up some more opportunities for Deontay's. I think it all depends on Big Ben. I mean, what he does, because yep. it's like, you know, if you don't get fed, then you're not going to eat. And right. uh, again, Ben, I mean, the beginning of the season, traditionally every year, Ben starts out slow. A few touchdowns here and there. They, I mean, they always used to run it. They love running it. So who knows what's going to happen this year with the run game. But Ben's toward the end of the season, you know, he wants to do what he can to win. And I think he's probably going to pass for the first time early in the season as he hasn't done in the past. And so I think it'll be good. And he was hurt, so he sat out a lot. And he's probably had a lot of time to rest. So he's older, you know, so it all hurts more. But I figure, I mean, this might be his last season, I think. So, you know. Interesting. Yeah, you never know. 38 yeah. years old. He's 38 yeah. years old. So it's you're looking at him, you know, you're kind of like, you know, we always say time is undefeated. So there's always that that possibility. Yeah, that, he, and he did, as, as, we were, as we recall, he did go face first. You know, he went head on <laughs> with, with, a, with, a, with a windshield of a car. You know, and and he won, but you know that that could also that could also kind of age you, uh, you know, age you a little bit when that when that happens. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I'm a, I've always been a big fan of Big Ben. The guy, he's a true competitor. He goes out there, plays hard, and you know, I'm looking for ho- hopefully a, a big year from him this year. 
I think they, they talk about dog years. I think they're actually quarterback years. <laughs> dog years are seven times. I think a quarterback multiplier is like a 1.25. So he's 30, you know, how old is he? He's 30, 38. 38. 38, but as quarterback years, he's about 54. So uh, I wonder how old I wonder how old uh, Tom Brady is. Then. Tom Brady's like, <laughs> Tom Brady's Tom Brady's going back to run Medicare. He's Medicare. <laughs> ARP, exactly. Well, one guy. Uh, I'll, we'll go to the next guy. Uh, I'll take Jalen Hurd. Uh, he was the number number 67 pick overall, round three pick by the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know, the sandwich pick with uh, Debo Samuel missed all the last season with the with the back injury. The reason why. I I didn't just kind of, you know, slough him off as the, as two things. Peter King recently uh, talked about how he raved about Jalen Hurd calling him the best player on the field during training camp last year for the 49ers. And that was with Debo Samuel on, wow. on the team. So, but a back injury just wrecked his year. Didn't, didn't take a snap. The word is he's healthy. Uh, and I look at him, I looked at some film of him at Baylor you know, he's 6'4", 227 pounds. He's long. He's lean. They actually ran him out of the backfield sometimes. So you never know if that's a possibility. But, you know, the reason why I think he could be a factor is the fact that, uh, you know, because of Samuel's injury, that's opening up an opportunity. Does he slide in as a receiver getting some catches? Brandon Ayuk slide in and get some catches? That's just the one thing. So it's it's all about competition, how he li- how he deals with the competition, and if he if he comes out ahead. So yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is gone too. So you figure that yep. with him, Debo's injury. I mean, it's wide open. And yeah, Jimmy G does like the pass. I mean, once he gets comfortable, he'll throw the ball. And that's true. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we, we talked about it earlier that, you know, at the end of last season, you know, there, there was, there, you know, there was some concern where they, you know, they just went, they went run heavy with Mostert, but yeah, during the season, sure. I mean, Jimmy G looked great, you know, a lot of games where he was just, he's kind of slinging the ball around. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see Jalen Hurd currently going undrafted ADP undrafted. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, he did come, he's coming off a back injury, which, you know, we've talked about is definitely a tricky one, you know, with, with any sport. You know, but especially in football, having a back injury is nothing to, to sneeze at. And so, you know, like, you know, we've heard he is healthy is what, is what the word is around the campfire that he that he's going to be that he is healthy and that, you know, he's ready for the season. So we'll have to wait and see. Like you said, George, 6'4", 227. He's nimble. Uh, you know, we've seen how fast he is, you know, watching him over at Baylor. So definitely something to watch. And like you said, um, you know, with uh, with with the injury. Um, it's Debo, it's all about opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's, Debo, opportunity. Debo Samuels. Yeah, Debo Samuels yeah. injury. Exactly. With Debo Samuels injury possibly creeping back in. That will definitely provide some opportunity, like you said, for Jalen. Well, one guy who's taking a lot of his opportunity is Terry McLaurin. Nico, uh, you're you're a fan. Of course, I'm a fan of Terry McLaurin. He's a fine <laughs> wide receiver. He is. <laughs> now, I uh, I mean, you got Washington. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins there, I, I'm not sure what's going to be really thrown, but uh, this guy's great. I mean, he had last year at 919 yards, uh, you know, 93 targets, only 58 catches, which is pretty good. But, you know, that kind of shows that you got to get it to him. I don't, he didn't drop too many balls. It's just, you know, wasn't very good passes to him. But uh, I think um, he's fast. He's great. You know, if you can just get him some good targets and everything out, I think he'll have a breakout season. Yeah, I mean, the seven TDs too. That's a that's a you know fourteen game seven TDs. 
Uh, I, I know Ricky had him last year, and if Ricky was here, he'd be he'd be just gushing over his guy Terry McLaurin. I think he picked him up off the waiver wire. I think in one of the first couple of weeks, like week two, week three, and I remember being so mad because I had it. You know, McLaurin. I was set to pick him up. I think it was one of those situations where it was like I wanted to wait till the drafts was over. Like I set my alarm for like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> to like to like to like to like wake up we've all done it you i i see oh, you yeah. nico oh yeah i seen, I seen your picks nico like 158 a.m like <laughs> picking up guys off the waiver wire and that that was terry that was supposed to be my terry mclaurin pick and and i don't know what happened i i i was i had my eye on him i was doing my research i was like okay i'm gonna get this guy and i was waiting for you know i had a you know i had a late uh you know on the, on the snake i had a i had a late pick I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm just gonna. There's no way I'm gonna, you know, get him if I if I try, whatever. So I just I slept on it, set my alarm, and I, I guess I forgot to set my alarm, and I didn't pick him up. And then at like at four in the morning, Rick picked him up, and I woke up in the morning. I was like, oh my god, I forgot to like pick up McLaurin, and then I went in, and sure enough, Rick had already picked him up. And actually, you know, the guy blew up. I mean, he's out of Ohio State. The guy did well. I remember, you know, Rick. I think won a couple of games. Obviously, he had CMC. He had. Uh, a couple of studs on his squad, but McLaurin was one of the guys that, uh, that, that propelled him to his way to his championship last year, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, I, I got my eye on McLaurin for sure. I, I see big things coming out of him. Yes. He's on Washington. Yes. Dwayne Haskins is there, but the guy can catch the guy can run. Uh, so yeah, he's currently going sixth round. Uh, I would definitely scoop, scoop him up if he's there available. I would definitely have no problem picking him up there. Yeah, I always love getting the, the number one receiver, especially yeah. someone who doesn't have a lot of competition like McLaurin. I mean, right. he's so clearly superior to all the other pass catchers on the team. So right. I just don't I, – I, 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 if I'm between him and somebody else, like I'm looking at who's who's going in his range. Um, I've seen McLaurin. He, he's in the sixth round. I think, I think he was there like, yeah, he's, so he's going at like 29. Like he's like yeah, Michael Gallup, Jarvis Landry. Uh, he's over there with like Cortland Sutton. Yeah. It's a, it's some tough. He's, yeah. He's in, he's in with, he's in with some good competition. There's a lot yeah. of good players going in that range. Wow. That's the. Uh, yeah. Marquise Brown, the couple, couple spots after him. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it, that's that's nice, amazing. That's a big spot. That's, that's, that's like a sweet spot of like receivers. It's kind of bunched can't up screw right up. there. Yeah, well, I, I think I think what basically is going to happen is the Redskins, you know, with their lineup, you got Ron Rivera there. Um, so he's going to want to do a few things. Um, your running backs are, are good, but they're not going to do much. So I think uh, Terry might do some uh, slot work and do a couple running plays and kind of get in there because they're going to have to mix it up if they want to do something. And Ron doesn't want to lose. So he's going to have to use right. all his tools. So I see him maybe doing a little bit of, you know, quick, quick draws or passes, you know, and, you know, maybe some running games over the middle, something like that. So, you know, he's fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Blinding fast. Yes. So you'll see a lot of, you know, Tyreek Hill top plays and, you know, see what happens. And then, yeah, exactly. You know, some some garbage problems. time. Yeah, garbage time. That's always good. Picking pick up wide receivers for garbage time when you're when you're behind and oh, yeah. throwing, throwing deep bombs. And, you know, the, the DBs kind of gave up. Like, oh, we won anyway. So I'll, I'll give you one kind of, kind of thing. So. Right. You never know. You never yeah, know. the the Redskins are going to be tough on the front line, but they don't. They're not known for their DBs, so they no. they could get beat. Um, yeah. So there are four receivers that I'm just going to mention their names, but we're not really going to talk about them. Miles Boykin, Hakeem Butler, Gary Jennings, and Gary Jennings Jr., and Riley Ridley. All of them got picked 
not really looking at them as having much opportunity this year. They didn't see a lot of significant time on the field. So we're just going to bypass them and go to Hunter Renfro, uh, who we just got two more players to talk about. Hector, you're going to tell us about Hunter. Oh, yeah, Hunter Renfro. We're looking at uh, Las Vegas Raiders. It's, I'm still having a hard time with that. Los Raiders. <laughs> go Raiders. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Hunter Renfro. He's currently at wide receiver 70, 15th round. Um, you know, first of all, I love his name, Hunter Renfro. And not to be confused with Hunter Renfro, the baseball player, because I was doing some <laughs> – I was Googling Hunter Renfro, and it's like, oh, this guy played on the Padres. This guy played on the Padres like five years ago. I'm like, no way. Like, how's this guy's second year in the NFL, and he played five years ago on the Padres? No, he's still – he's, he's in Tampa Bay. He's, he's with the Tampa Bay Rays now. There you go. There you go. He plays Tampa Bay Rays, and then part-time he plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> so, no, different guy, completely different guy. But, yeah, uh, you know, the guy – he plays in the Raiders, and I've, I've said it before. Uh, I think this is going to be a breakout year for Derek Carr. I think the Raiders are, gonna, are going to kind of step it up and, and, and bring these up a, another notch. Redfield's currently going 15th round, wide receiver 70. Um, the only thing that concerns me is that Henry Ruggs has now been added to the receiving core. And, and, and you know, Derek Carr is going to sling the ball around. Yes, he's going to find Henry Ruggs. He's going to find Darren Waller, who was one of his favorite targets last year. So we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, at, at, in the 15th round, again, I have confidence in the Raider offense. I like Derek Carr. Uh, Hunter Renfro, if I can pick him up in the 15th round, sure. Like I said, if there's, you know, stuff happening, COVID, whatever, I'm going to want to pick up guys late in those late rounds, 15th round, 14th round, that I think have a chance if another guy goes down, you know, if Waller goes down or if Ruggs goes down and if Renfro can be, you know, a guy that, that, that Carr can lean on, then yeah, I, I, I definitely wouldn't mind having him for sure on my bench, uh, 15th round, 14th, whatever. On the Raider team, I like the squad, I like the player. I have no problem. And he came out of Clemson, so again, no problem there. Uh, no, pro- I would love to have him on my squad in those late rounds. I see him as a good value pick. Yeah, that's a wide receiver factory over there. He's yep, yep. He's he's good. I mean, there is there is going to be competition for receptions with Rugs and Darren Waller, who caught ninety balls, and they're talking about more catches for Josh Jacobs, but. I just think Renfro is going to be that guy, that slot receiver, that guy who catches those short and intermediate balls just just down the middle of those. The, the, the guy that they go to on third third and six, and he gets seven yards. I think he's going to be that guy. He's going to catch a lot of balls this year. Yep. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so our, yeah. last, our last guy is, I'm going to take this one, Darius Slayton. Uh, he was fifth-round pick, number 171 overall out of Auburn by the New York Giants. New York football Giants. The New York football Giants. And, uh, you know, he was a guy who quietly kind of broke out last year late in the season. Un, you know, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, McLaurin. And Debo Samuel, they all were much, there was a lot more noise around him. His big, he had, he had a couple big games there, week 10, week 15. He had a, two touchdowns in each week, over 100 yards, bunch of bunch of receptions. So he's a, a guy who's definitely in people's memories, uh, maybe some people's good memories, that, that waiver wire pick. But uh, I, I really think that this Giants team is going to, not be very good defensively so they're going to have to throw the ball a lot and i think slayton's going to be getting there's going to be a lot of competition sterling shepherd 
Bird gets a lot, is going to get a lot of balls going. Tate's going to get a lot of balls. Saquon Barkley is going to get a lot of balls out of the backfield. But I think I think Darius Slayton is going to be a guy who's going to get some big plays for him. Yeah, they got Danny Dimes back there. <laughs> Daniel That's Jones, right. Danny Danny Dimes over there. So yeah, uh, yeah, Darius Slayton out of Auburn. He's currently wide receiver forty four, going in the ninth round. I had Sterling Shepard last year. He caught an injury, and, and it just kind of feels like. He just has that injury bug. Golden Tate's up there in years. He's got some mileage on that car. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm projecting one of those two guys is going to go down, either Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate. And then if that happens, Darius Slayton will emerge. He's young. Uh, last year, eight TDs in 14 games. So, for sure, Danny Dimes is, is, is looking for him. The guy can get open. He can create space. Yeah, I, I – uh, in the ninth round, no problem. Sure, I, oh, yeah. I, I have no problem there. Uh, a guy that had eight touchdowns last year who I think can make a boost, can make a jump, and get even more than that this year come double digits. In the ninth round, no problem at all for me. I, I will definitely be looking out for him for sure. Ninth round, damelo, damelo, damelo. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, that's a, that's a good pick. I'm going to write that one down. No! <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it, I think the fact that we talked about 14 players this, this, this episode and we bypassed four of them that didn't, didn't really have There's much There's a to, lot of talent out there. It man. just shows that this is a passing league. It's just, it, it's amazing how the NFL is really just, you know, keeps, we keep getting more and more receivers. They keep pumping out. So, it, you know, there's going to be, last year we had five guys break out in their second year. Maybe there's going to be five guys who either break out or continue their breakout. It's going to be fun. I think, I think there's going to be some league winners that are in this, that, that we talked about in this show. Yep, today. Yep. So. Uh, bueno, everybody, eso es todo for our show. Uh, for the show. Our, for our show. Thanks again to Anchor.fm for being our hosting network and making sure our independent podcast gets out to the familia community. Thanks again also to Primo Numero Uno for pinch hitting again. Yeah. Uh, Nico. Every, everybody out there, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and again, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Gracias, everybody. Otra vez. Uh, es un placer. Thank you so much. Remember, todos somos familia. Salud. See ya. Salud.